Hey folks, Andy Patton here with our final episode in the Season in Review series, talking about Gonzaga's five walk-ons, which ones will be back next season, who might be moving on, where they could be going, all sorts of fun discussion about the unsung heroes of Gonzaga's basketball program, all right here on the Locked On Zags podcast. Don't go away. You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, y'all? Welcome to the Locked On Zags podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host and longtime Gonzaga podcaster, Andy Patton, here to bring you news and updates on all things Zag athletics. I also want to thank all of you who have continued to make Locked On Zags your first listen of the day as well as those of you who have checked out the YouTube channel. We are fast growing, up over 650 subscribers now, have gained a ton of subscribers even after the season ended. I appreciate all of you who have continued to check out the show. Trying to get to 1,000 subscribers on YouTube before the start of the next college basketball season. So if you're listening to this and you haven't subscribed yet, very simple. Just go to YouTube.com, search Locked on Zags. You'll see the channel. Hit that subscribe button. All right, today is the final episode in our season in review series. We started these about a week after the basketball season ended. One episode dedicated to every player on the Gonzaga roster. We've finally broken that rule. We have lumped all of the walk-ons together into this episode. We did a preview episode for the walk-ons before the season, so we're going to take a look at that in the second segment, how they did compared to the preseason predictions. We're also just going to talk about each individual player and their future in the program. We're going to start it, though, just talking about how the season went for these guys. We'll start it off with Matthew Lang, the longest tenured and probably most accomplished of the walk-ons on this Gonzaga roster. Lang is a six foot three senior combo guard out of Portland, Oregon. He went to Jesuit High School, the same place as noted Gonzaga walk-on Mike Hart and Kyle Wilcher, who was not a walk-on but also a talented player to come to Gonzaga out of Jesuit High School. Lang... Coming into the season, had made 38 appearances in a Gonzaga uniform. He had scored 23 points. This season, he played in 17 games, including a start on senior night. A nice tribute by Mark Few to give both him and Will Graves a starting spot for that final game at the Kennel. Lang finished the season scoring 17 points, grabbing 14 rebounds with four assists and a steal in 53 minutes of action. So just over a full 40 minutes worth of action, 17 and 14 for Lang. He went 7 for 14 from the field. That included going 4 of 4 on two-pointers and 3 of 10 from deep. We'll talk a little bit more about Lang and his future in the final segment, but once again, he was kind of the, the leader of the walk-on group, the first player amongst those walk-ons to come into the game most of the time, the one most relied upon to hit the three-pointer that would win Gonzaga fans some tacos if they were at home, and kind of just all around was was a fairly significant contributor, at least one of the bigger contributors for the guys who were not in the rotation for Gonzaga this season. Next up is Will Graves, kind of touched on him a little bit already. Will Graves, six foot five. Senior guard out of Eugene, Oregon. He is the son of longtime Gonzaga women's basketball coach Kelly Graves. Kelly is, of course, now the head coach for the University of Oregon, hence why Will was coming out of Eugene. Will spent his first season in college at Lane Community College, which is based 
out of Eugene as well. He was he was good there. He averaged six and a half points, three and a half boards, and shot just under 40% from three at Lane Community College. Came over to Gonzaga, has made 23, or excuse me, coming into the season, had made 23 appearances and scored 14 points in his college career this year. Much like Matthew Lang, he appeared in 16 games and also secured one start, which happened on senior night. He scored 11 points, had four boards, and a steal in 29 total minutes of action this season. So again, didn't play as much as Matthew Lang. Lang definitely played the most of all of the walk-ons, but still got in some serious action this year. Again, 11 points, four boards. He went three for 10 from the field, which included three for nine from deep. All told for Will Graves and his Gonzaga career, he he shot about 35% from deep. Again, these were all late game, end of the bench situations, but still 35% from three is pretty dang good. There was a lot of times this year where uh, the Zags could have really used somebody who could knock down 35% of their threes. They ended up finding their their three-point shot a little later in the year and then unfortunately losing it towards the very end of the season. But Will Graves was somebody who could have been relied upon to potentially knock down some of those shots, although there's definitely a difference taking those shots at the very end of games versus in more competitive games. But still, uh, obviously very fun to see Will, a, a one of the sons of all of the Gonzaga coaches, that kind of trio with Liam Lloyd, Tommy Lloyd's kid, with, of course, uh, Kelly Graves' kid, Will Graves here. And then, of course, Joe Few, uh, who we're going to talk about here in a second. Joe Few, a six-foot freshman from Spokane. He went to Gonzaga Prep, where he averaged seven and a half points per game as a senior. Not particularly hard to guess who Joe Few is related to. He was, of course, Mark Few's son on the basketball team this season. He played in 13 games, played 21 total minutes, was the third of the five walk-ons. There was five total walk-ons on the team. Three of them got into game action this season. We talked about Lang. We talked about Graves. Joe Few was the other one. Just 21 total minutes played, so just played a slightly less than Will Graves for the season. Uh, He did not make a field goal this year. He took nine shots, including four three-pointers. None of them went down. But but towards the end of the season, Joe Few did finally get on the board for the first time and to date only time in his college career. He went one for two from the free throw line, knocked that second one down to make Papa proud and make himself officially in the scorebook for Gonzaga's history. He has scored points for the Zags. A very cool accomplishment for Joe Few. Uh, Seems like a great kid. Uh, Obviously, Coach's kid being on the roster can be tenuous at times. Certainly, Mark Few did not play any favorites here. Uh, Joe is definitely a walk-on in that regard. He is probably not here based on his own basketball merit. Uh, But he, you know, if you get good grades... If you work really hard in practice, you carry dudes' bags, all of that stuff that kind of comes along with being a walk-on. doesn't matter what your last name is. You're still handling those responsibilities. I have a really hard time imagining that Mark Few would give Joe even the slightest bit of preferential treatment just based on what I know about Coach Few as a person. Uh, so Joe is definitely doing all the work that any of those other walk-ons would do. But uh, you, you, you'd be pretty emotionless if you can't say you felt something seeing Joe Few knock down a free throw. That was a pretty cool moment moment for him uh, and for Mark and, of course, for Marcy and the whole the whole Few family to get a chance to see that. Two more walk-ons on this roster. Neither of them made it into a game this season, and neither of them have made it into a game yet in their Gonzaga basketball careers. That would be Colby Brooks. Brooks is a 6'7", now junior from L.A. He went to Loyola High School. He was really, really good at Loyola High School, averaged 16 and 8. He was all Mission League second teamer. He played AAU ball with BTI Elite. 
this, this is a really good basketball player, and he has been at Gonzaga for a couple of years now and has yet to even dress down for a game, I believe. If he has been dressed for a game, he has yet to see the floor uh, for any competitive action so far in his Gonzaga career. Same situation with Abe Eagle. Eagle is a 6'9 junior from West Hills, California. He went to Chaminade High School, and he was very good there as well. Uh, you got to still be a good basketball player to even be a walk-on at Gonzaga. You don't... Uh, Joe Few is kind of the exception, and even then, he, he played high school basketball and played at G Prep, which is a good school. But Eagle scored 1,000 points at Chaminade High School. He averaged 12.5 points and 8 boards as a senior. Uh, again, he is now entering his third season at Gonzaga, assuming he sticks around and has yet to make it onto the court in a game. All right, that is just a quick look at how Gonzaga's walk-ons did this last year. You know, a combined, what, about 90 minutes between the five of them. So it wasn't a whole bunch of action for them, which is what you would expect from a program like Gonzaga. But we did still get to see a little bit of these guys. Last year, before the season started, we laid out our best and worst-case scenarios for the walk-ons. What might happen, what could happen, what should happen, how we want to see it shake out. We're going to revisit those predictions here in the second segment, take a look at how they ended up coming together uh, this past season for Gonzaga. Before we get there, though, I want to tell you all about Built Bar. Summer is coming, and with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on family vacations. Throw them in your bags, in your kids' backpacks. Make sure that everyone has a bar so you are fueled for your summer adventures. The best part about Built Bars, they're healthy and delicious. No more sacrificing delicious food for health. With Built Bar, you can have both. Have you tried the Built Puffs yet? We are going crazy for the puffs. They come in crazy flavors like banana cream pie and even churro. Who doesn't want a protein bar that tastes like a churro? And they're only 140 calories. Sign me up. If that's not enough flavor for you, then you might want to try the mixed box. The mixed box comes with 12 flavors of bars and puffs. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Go to Built.com to get all of your favorites. Banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate, and so many more. They are all delicious and new flavors are coming out all the time. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, segment two still... Aiden Patton still locked on Zags. We're still talking walk-on Gonzaga basketball here. Five guys, Matthew Lang, Will Graves, Joe Few, Colby Brooks, and Abe Eagle. We are taking a look at how their seasons went. And now here in the second segment, we're going to take a look at the best and worst case scenarios that were laid out before the season began, how they came together, what that means for Gonzaga going forward. The best case scenario for the walk-ons was to earn regular minutes. I noted in my sheet that... That's not really the best case scenario for Gonzaga, specifically not this past year's Gonzaga team or the previous year's Gonzaga team. They had enough depth that having to get into the walk-ons to play some significant minutes, while it would be great for the walk-ons, and while I believe at least with Matthew Lang and Will Graves that they are probably capable of at least playing rotation minutes in the WCC, I really do believe that they are. Gonzaga pro Gonzaga's program has kind of ascended past the point where you're probably not going to get a lot more white Mike Hart stories. Not a lot more Kyle Bankhead stories. Like these things just probably aren't going to happen as often just because the program is is at a different caliber. They're recruiting 
constantly five-star guys, four-star guys. The transfer portal has meant that they can fill any gaps in their roster pretty much immediately. I just don't think that those kinds of stories are really going to come out of Gonzaga all that often anymore. Maybe that maybe they'll surprise me. I think a recent example is Jeremy Jones, who was a recruited walk-on, certainly, but was somebody who, you know, he started his his career in college playing football. He was a quarterback at Rice University, wasn't even playing basketball, came to Gonzaga as, you know, kind of a, a non-prospect entirely and ended up carving out a significant role. So it's, I'm not saying it's impossible, but this was a very unlikely best case scenario for any of Gonzaga's walk-ons. And obviously it did not come together. The most minutes any of them played was Matthew Lang, who played just over one game's worth of minutes. So not a situation that came together this year, probably not a bad thing for Gonzaga. The best case scenario for the walk-ons is that they get good grades, they run practices well, and they play well in the garbage time that they get. So most of this we can't see, and I think that's kind of the the overall narrative about walk-ons. The whole reason why they get they don't get very much attention, and when they do get attention, it's kind of difficult to to really nail down their role without being around the team on a daily basis. If you spend time around Gonzaga basketball, you go to practices, you travel with them on the road, you see how they interact, it is very clear that the walk-ons are a significant part of the team. I haven't spent a ton of time around Gonzaga's basketball program, but as somebody who worked in higher education at the University of Portland and at Seattle University, I worked with their basketball programs fairly closely. If you don't know the team, you you can't tell the difference. They're doing all the same stuff. They're working hard in practices. They're you know using all of the resources. They're they're a big part of the team. And certainly for Gonzaga, they've they've had a handful of guys who. You know, a lot of fans don't even know the names for like for guys like Abe Eagle and, and Colby Brooks who didn't get into any games, but they're still a part of the team. They're still participating in all of that event. And the best case scenario for walk-ons is that they're doing that stuff really dang well, that they're stewards for the program, that when they walk around campus, people who maybe aren't as familiar with Gonzaga basketball are like, that's a nice young man. That's a good kid. He's polite. He's friendly. And he's on the basketball team. That makes me feel better about Gonzaga basketball. It sounds silly, but that is a that is a part of their job. That is their responsibility to do that. It's everybody on the team's responsibility, to be clear. Chet Holmgren can't walk around acting like an asshole and get away with it. Markview is not going to let him do that. But it goes down from top to bottom on the roster. Everybody has to do that. And these guys, that's a significant part of their role, is to be that person, to get good grades. If you're not playing and you're also getting bad grades, you're going to get bounced. There's no reason to keep you on the roster at that point. Getting good grades, working your tail off in practices, doing all the little things to make the players who do play in the games better, to make the, help them improve, all of that stuff is important. Playing well in garbage time is not super crucial necessarily, but obviously you want to see it. The players want to see it. The fans want to see it. The coaching staff would like to know that you can come in and play fairly well in garbage time. I don't, we don't have the answers to all of this and how it went, but I think ostensibly you can say that this stuff all probably happened. If some of these guys got really bad grades, they're probably not going to be on the team next year. They might probably wouldn't have even made it all the way to the end of the year. A guy like Matthew Lang, who got a scholarship for the second semester this past season, he didn't. He wouldn't have done that if he got a 2-2. Like he, he, he did well academically. He did everything well that the team asked him to do, and that's part of the reason they put him on that scholarship. For Matthew Lang and Will Graves, I mentioned the best case scenario for them is to knock down some prize-winning threes and to start on senior night. Check and check. Both of those things happened for both of these players. They both 
hit threes that sent the crowd into a frenzy because it won them a fast food taco, which is what everybody in college wants. Uh, They both started on senior night. A tremendous shout out to them from Coach Few to give them that honor. He's always been very good about this, but starting two walk-ons on senior night was not necessarily something we knew that he would do, and it was very cool to see him do that for these two guys. Uh, And then I didn't even mention this previously, but Matthew Lane getting put on scholarship is is beyond even what I had listed as a best case scenario. That is a fantastic accomplishment for him. It was the second time that it's happened to him. So two of his semesters were covered by basketball scholarships at Gonzaga. Tremendously cool to see them do that for him uh, and a young man who very clearly deserved it. For Abe Eagle and Colby Brooks, I put they... For Eagle, he plays against smaller teams and throws down some dunks. For Brooks, he starts to look like a guy who could contribute a little bit, and he throws down some cool dunks as well. Didn't happen. Didn't happen for either of these guys. Didn't didn't see a single second of playing time. Uh, likely weren't dressed. I didn't see them dressed for that any game that I can remember. Perhaps they were dressed for very early games. There are limitations to how many players can be dressed for games and how many players can travel with the team for games. So while these guys would have been eligible to play in the sense that they it, it wouldn't have been a violation to put them in the game, they there there are limitations to how many players can dress. And certainly on the road, Joe Few, I don't think, traveled very much with the team. There were instances where, where Graves and Lang were not even traveling with the team just because of limitations to how many players they were going to travel to certain games. For Joe Few, I put that the best case scenario is that he wins a title with his dad. How cool would that have been? Joe's got three more opportunities to do that, so hopefully we will see that come together for him in the future. Worst case scenarios for the walk-ons. Really hard to say. There's just there's not a lot of worst case scenarios for walk-ons that you would visibly see as fans of the program. Uh, certainly, players getting cut in the middle of the season would be a red flag. If one of those players was quickly removed from the team, if there was no press conference, but all of a sudden their name wasn't on the roster anymore, that might cause some speculation. Perhaps they weren't making grades. Perhaps there was some kind of event that happened that caused them to be kicked off the team. Who knows? Uh, again, none of that happened for any of these players. So that would have been the worst case scenario. Did not come together. Uh, obviously not playing at all is a pretty bad scenario or a pretty unfortunate scenario. It's not really a bad situ- situation for Gonzaga, certainly. They were not going to rely upon Colby Brooks or Abe Eagle to give them significant minutes this year. But I would suspect that those two guys came to Gonzaga understanding that they weren't going to be rotation players, but probably hoping they would have played at least one time by now. It has now been two full seasons for both of those guys. They haven't even seen the floor. Uh, so that's that's a that's an unfortunate situation for the two of them. I imagine they were hoping for a little bit more than that. Uh, worst case scenario is that these guys, I guess, leave the program would be the worst case scenario. I don't really view that as a as a bad thing unless they're obviously trashing the program or saying negative things about it uh, or obviously being kicked off the team, something like that. Uh, we've We've had plenty of walk-ons in the past who have left the program but stayed at Gonzaga. That is a fairly common thing. Uh, there was a, a basketball player. I can't remember his last name, but he, his first name was Matt. He was about seven feet tall. He was a redheaded guy who was on the basketball team in 2009, 2010, somewhere in that range, uh, he ended up leaving and he ended up joining the rowing team. And I was, he lived in my dorm. I knew him. We, we were friends. And that you, you hear that story fairly often. Evan Inglesby was on the basketball team last season. He left the program. I, I believe 
he is still at Gonzaga as just a, a regular student. So that's kind of the, that tells you a lot about how much people appreciate Gonzaga, certainly, and being a part of the community, being a part of the family, being a student at the school. Uh, and, and I don't really view that as a worst case scenario either. So it's kind of hard for there to be a lot of worst case scenarios outside of really obvious negative attitudes that are impacting other players' morale on the team, which has almost, if ever, happened at Gonzaga with walk-ons. We're going to come back in the third segment. We're going to discuss the future for these guys. One of these guys is already in the transfer portal. Another one might be joining the transfer portal. We're going to talk about what that means for them, what that means for Gonzaga. But before we get there, let's talk about Rock Auto. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning, like is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Plus, Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you could need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpets. I just had my 13-year-old car service recently, and I can tell you having one place to find all the parts I need makes things infinitely easier. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right, segment three. Still Andy Patton, still locked on Zag, still chatting all things walk on basketball at Gonzaga. Five players. We're going to discuss the future for each of them here in the final segment. We'll start with Matthew Lang, again, the most successful, at least on the basketball court, of the walk-ons for Gonzaga. Played twice as many minutes as anybody else on the squad. Vinny Saglambeni, who is was the editor-in-chief of the Gonzaga Bulletin, he recently took a job at KXLY in Spokane. Shout out to Vinny. Congratulations to him. He was on the podcast a few months ago, shortly after writing an very, very excellent article about Matthew Lang. In that article, he mentioned that Lang was considering potentially transferring for his final year of eligibility and finding an opportunity to play a significant role on a different team. Uh, That has yet to happen. Now, I believe since Lang graduated, I don't believe, I know that since Lang graduated, he could still enter the transfer portal, still transfer somewhere else. And because he is a grad transfer, he would have immediate eligibility at the next school. That is my understanding of his current situation. So that could still happen. I would suspect that if he was planning to go somewhere else, he would have already started that process. So my guess is that he is either coming back to Gonzaga and is going to be eligible for another season as a walk-on or potentially earning a scholarship spot. Obviously, he's done that in the past. Or he is going to move on with his life. And he's graduated. He's got his degree. He's going to start the next phase of his career, of his life. I haven't heard either one way or the other. My assumption at this point is that he is coming back and that he's going to be on the basketball team next season, but I, that's far from guaranteed. It's, it's mid-May. There's a long time between now and the start of the basketball season. It would be great to have him back. He's a talented basketball player. He seems like a great kid. 
I think he could legitimately contribute. Like if there was some very serious situation where Gonzaga needed to call upon somebody to come in and play, Matthew Lang is somebody that I would genuinely trust to come in and play minutes for this team. I think he's good enough to do that. So it would be great to have him back just in case that that happens. And because he's so good at giving the fans tacos and all of that stuff. But uh, right now there's, there's no guarantee that he's going to be back next season. It would also be very cool to see him play somewhere else. I think it'd be really cool to see him enter the transfer portal and kind of see if there was opportunities for him to carve out a rotation role at another school. Which, speaking of, is the plan for Gonzaga's other prominent walk-on, Will Graves. Will Graves entered the transfer portal. He's the only Gonzaga basketball player to enter the portal this offseason. The only one. Very few teams had zero scholarship players enter the transfer portal. Gonzaga was one of them. Will Graves, uh, uh, clearly not on scholarship, but has entered the transfer portal is looking at other schools, potentially going to find a opportunity to play a meaningful role on another mid-major program, whether he's going to stay D1, whether he's going to go D2, D3. Unclear at this point, obviously, he has not made a list, has not announced what schools are interested in him. He's posted a couple of times some videos, some workout videos, kind of trying to generate some interest. I recently posted one myself as well. Uh, I'm very fascinated to see what happens with Will Graves. He's six foot five. Uh, he's you know, a 35% three-point shooter. He was a 39% three-point shooter in community college. Like, this is a legitimate skill that he has. And if you're a Division One coach and you're listening to this podcast, certainly you want guys who can knock down threes. He has got the size, the body, and the ability, the proven ability to do that. Yes, it's a small sample size at Gonzaga. Yes, it was against, you know, the opposing team's bench most likely or in the final 30 seconds of a 30-point game. So the stakes weren't as high, but you still got to put the ball through the hoop, and he's proven he's capable of doing that. Uh, I'm, I'm not necessarily, I was going to say I'm not going to speculate on schools. One that I think would be fascinating would be uh, Northern Arizona, in part because Liam Lloyd, who is Tommy Lloyd's son, is there. There was a great article by Theo Lawson at the Spokesman Review a while back about all of the Gonzaga coaches and their kids, about uh, Leon Rice and his kids, Tommy Lloyd and his kids, Mark Few, of course, Kelly Graves. All of these kids have this group chat. They're, they chat together, kind of talk about life and all sorts of different things, but certainly kind of talk about the uniqueness of being a, a prominent head coach's son. And, and I think that it would be kind of fun to see some of those guys team up and certainly Liam Lloyd and Will Graves playing together at Northern Arizona would be a really, really cool story. No idea if they are interested in him, uh, if he is interested in going there, but just kind of a fun connection that I thought would be interesting to see how it might shake out. And then of course, we'll, uh, excuse me, we'll talk about Colby Brooks and Abe Eagle. Uh, the question with them is just if they're going to stick around. You know, they, they obviously have not earned the ability to play on the in games yet at Gonzaga. That could happen next year. That could happen as seniors. I don't know if Mark Few has kind of has a plan for them. Obviously, if both Will Graves and Matthew Lang are gone, that is two potential roster spots that would open up. Obviously, Eagle and and. Colby Brooks are already on the roster, but they would be much more likely to actually travel with the team to actually dress for games. Uh, so I'm thinking that if they've stuck it out for this long, that they may be around again next season and hoping for the actual opportunity to get into some games. But again, we talked about them a little bit in the first segment. These dudes are they are talented basketball players. Eagle is 6'9". There are not a lot of 6'9 true walk-ons 
at the Division I level. I didn't pull the numbers, but I'm guessing it's a pretty small number of walk-ons that size, and particularly at a program like Gonzaga. It stands to reason that he could probably go contribute somewhere else. I haven't seen him play basketball. I'm not going to pretend that I watched a bunch of high school tape on a kid who hasn't played in the last two seasons at Gonzaga, but I, it stands to reason that he's probably decent. And if he wanted to go somewhere else, maybe there would be an opportunity for him to do so. Um, same with Colby Brooks. Again, he played AAU ball, all Mission League second team. Uh, the Mission League is a really, really prominent high school basketball hotbed. So to be second team there is pretty darn impressive. So it'll be interesting to see if those guys do decide to test the waters to look somewhere else or if they're just kind of hoping to, to come back to Gonzaga. Maybe they just love it in Spokane, love it being a part of the program. I wouldn't blame them. Uh, who wouldn't want to be a part of this program? Uh, if they get to travel, they get to travel to really cool places. Certainly they, they probably travel at least over the holiday breaks. I don't know how much they travel outside of that, but very, very cool opportunity for them if they want to continue to take advantage of it. And then there's Joe Few. Things aren't going to change with Joe Few. Unless Joe himself decides to leave, either because he doesn't want to continue to be the coach's kid on the program, whether he just wants to stay at Gonzaga and not be a part of the basketball team, whether he does want to try his hand playing basketball somewhere else or just wants to go to a different school for whatever reason. I don't see the staff letting go of him. I don't know why that would happen. That would be a pretty strange situation. So I think Joe Few is just going to be around. I think he's just, he's he's a coach's kid. He's going to be on the end of the bench. He's going to be the, the guy that the crowd is chanting for. We want Few, we want Joe, whatever it may be. And he's going to, at some point, he hasn't done it yet, but at some point, maybe next year, knock on wood, he's going to be the fan, or he's going to be the guy who sends the fans into a frenzy when he hits the 10th three-pointer. That's going to be a really fun day. For the record, if there's anything to look forward to next year, and there's a lot of things to look forward to next year, that's going to be on my list. Joe Few hitting the final three-pointer is going to be, it's it's going to happen. Whether it's next year or not, I don't know, but I'm telling you that it's going to happen. And that's going to be a really fun day in the kennel when it does. All right, that is going to do it for me for today and for this week, or excuse me, and for this series. The season in review series is officially over. Thank you for indulging me on these. I have a lot of fun with them. I think it's a really fun way to kind of regroup after the season and really kind of take a hard look at how things went down and what that means for the future. We're going to have season preview episodes way later, probably in mid-October, right before the start of the season. So of course, we'll get to talk a little bit more about some of the guys we haven't discussed yet, like Efton Reed, like Dominic Harris, who did not get a season review episode because there was no season for him to participate in, unfortunately. But we got all of that coming way later in October. For the rest of this week, we got a really fun show coming your way on Thursday. A pair of guests will be joining the show. And then, of course, we're closing out the week looking at Gonzaga's baseball program and sharing a fan story Friday right here on the Locked On Zags podcast, available wherever you get podcasts and available on YouTube as well. Finally, thank you for making Locked On Zags your first listen every day. Make sure to go check out Locked On NBA Big Board. Host Raphael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and author of the NBA Big Board newsletter is joined by Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Thulin, giving fans an in-depth look into the NBA draft, the mock drafts, player ratings, and of course, big boards. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. All right, thank you all for listening, and go Zags.